This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Clap, 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 clap your hands and stomp your feet. You're listening. You're listening to the Clap Your Hands Podcast. Hosted by Elliot Shore Parks and Kyle Newbeck. Here they come. Welcome back. Sports Radio 94 WIP. It is the Midday Show. Hugh Douglas, Joe Julio, 215-592-9494. Get your board. We'll get back. All the conversation on the Phillies opening series sweep at the hands of the Rangers. Are you concerned about three games? Yes or no? And the pitch clock, like it, don't like it. We know Bryce Harper's complaining about it on Sunday Night Baseball. So back to all the Phillies conversation. Daily mock at 1 o'clock, one hour from now. Right now, though, let's talk some Sixers after a loss last night, not a particularly close one, in Milwaukee to the Bucks. Kyle Newbeck, co-host of the Clap Your Hands podcast and cover team for Philly Voice, joining us right now on the Midday Show. Hey, Kyle. Kyle, how we doing? How we doing, fellas? Pretty good, pretty good. So, so Kyle, what do what can we make of the game that the Sixers had last night against the Bucks? Well, it was a disappointing game for sure. You know, it's you come into it thinking this one has MVP stakes, and it's the last look we get of them against Milwaukee before the playoffs, and so on and so forth. And then Milwaukee comes in, shoots the lights out in the first quarter, and essentially ends the game right there. You know, I, I think. It's one of those that if it was the middle of the season, I would just write off as, you know, it's a, a great shooting effort to start the game and you, know, it's, you move on, it's tough. But because it comes so close to the playoffs and because you want these teams to be trending upward and looking their best as they're heading into the postseason, it does create a little bit of concern. Like, uh-oh, here we go again. That They're not up to snuff against the real contenders in the East. So I, I think we'll probably settle in the middle ground there where we can say it is a bit concerning, but they did split the season series with these guys. So don't uh, throw the baby out with the bathwater just yet. Kyle, it feels like the Sixers are kind of caught in between time and, and reality and the schedule and, and not wanting to just sit everyone down because there is a, there are a couple weeks left until, you know, but not this coming weekend, but the next one they'll play a playoff game. But how do you think they play this out? Because I don't think they're going to catch Boston. They play them tomorrow night. Milwaukee's got the one basically done. I don't think they're going to fall to the four. Do you think they throttle this thing down in terms of playing time, sitting guys after this Boston game tomorrow night? So I I think they probably shouldn't entirely. I I think what I would do if I were them, and obviously I don't run the Philadelphia 76ers, I wouldn't be on the radio (laughs) with you two. Uh, um, or we'd make, play. or we'd be making a bigger deal of it if if you were Daryl Morey. <laughs> that would be exactly. kind of awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so, I uh, I would have them go pretty full go the next two because one, I think the psychological factor of beating Boston once is pretty important going into the playoffs because you are most likely playing them in the second round and you're going to have to beat them with Boston having home court advantage, which that's a pretty big issue. Uh, the other thing is, if you beat Miami on Thursday, 
you can essentially guarantee that Miami stays in Boston's matchup or Milwaukee's matchup, depending on how the play-in goes, and you get a Brooklyn Nets team in round one that, you know, they'll battle you. They're tough. They have some good players, but they're not a team with a, a real deal superstar type guy that is going to make you fear them in round one. So if you can put Miami, put Miami in your rear view and get that win against Boston, then yes, I would say on the weekend, you sit everybody against Atlanta and Brooklyn and just wait for the playoffs to start. James Harden only had 11 points last night. Is there, Should we be concerned about his health at this point? So I am not concerned mostly because the previous game against Toronto, I thought his burst looked really good. I thought physically he looked as good as he's looked in months. And that was, of course, like two days after he said, now, I've been dealing with an Achilles problem for months. So for him to uh, to rally in that way and look that good was great. Uh, what I would be concerned about in that game is, is less about, you know, the matchup and uh, his health right now and more just are we going to get playoff hardened again when it matters? Like this was a, a fairly big game for the regular season, and he laid an egg out there. He was not prepared for what Drew Holiday threw at him in terms of ball pressure, he was not prepared for double teams, which I thought that was a really surprising thing. Normally, James, if you send two at him, he's finding the open shooter and the Sixers are getting a good look. So I'm a little bit concerned about that, but I, I think at least physically he looks okay. And that was the bigger concern for me coming down to these final two weeks. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, Roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Uh, Kyle, the other big thing over the weekend besides the game yesterday was the NBA ratifying a new CBA with some changes in there. Uh, and it could be big ones down the line with the way we talk about the game, talk about the star players, uh, including the 65-game minimum for awards, which really, considering we, you know, we talk about Joel Embiid here, it feels like it's a major talking point uh, moving forward. Obviously, that doesn't count for this year. It's moving forward. What did you make of that? Do you like that, that there's now going to be a minimum in order to earn an NBA award? So I don't like it just because I think there basically already has been a minimum for NBA awards without it being an official rule. There has not been an NBA MVP who's played less than 70 games in a full season since Bill Walton in the late 70s. Like this has just not been a thing that's been an issue. I understand that the NBA is trying to do whatever they can to get guys to play more games. I know that things like, load management are our big bugaboos for the fans. And, you know, these, these people pay good money. They show up to the arena to see a big matchup. And then, you know, something happens like Joel Embiid sits in Denver or Nikola Jokic sits against Milwaukee in a matchup earlier this year. And the league wants to avoid that. I get that. But, you know, you might end up in a situation where a lot of the best players in the league get hurt in a given year. 
And then maybe you're giving awards to guys who are second tier, third tier, fourth tier, whatever you want to say, players. And I don't think that they should be going down that road. I absolutely think availability is important and should be a factor in these awards, but I don't really think you need to set an actual firm threshold for that to happen in the voting. What's your, what are your eyes telling you about Joel? Uh, you know, now a couple weeks past the calf and missed a couple games, obviously very high profile one last Monday and he's come back since I didn't think he played close to his best last night. I mean, just, you know, considering the bar he set this year in the last couple of years, I thought he was far below what he normally is. What are your eyes telling you with Joel? Do you think he's feeling good? Are you wondering if there's anything physically going on still? So I think he looks mostly good physically. I do think there's probably some fatigue at the end of the season that that would be one of the reasons I'd like to see the Sixers get him at least, you know, a game or two off at the end of the season here. The good thing with the play-in tournament is that they have that natural week off built into the schedule where they can practice and he can work on recovery and rest and all that. And then hopefully you're preparing for a, a long road in the playoffs where you're gearing up for that. So I don't think he's at quite at his best after, you know, I want to say maybe like a four-month run where he was, if not the best player in the league, certainly right there at the tip top. I think making sure that he is 100% or as close to 100% he can be is the most important thing for them over these next two weeks. Kyle, you mentioned a few minutes ago the uh, the priority of the next couple of games. Obviously, Celtics trying to get a win over them and then you know pushing Miami towards the Celtics part of the bracket. One thing we haven't talked about, I'm sure we will over the next couple of weeks, is is their likely first-round opponent, which right now looks like the Brooklyn Nets. What do you think of that team? It's kind of interesting. I, I wrote them off right? when when they traded Durant, right? It was over. I was like, oh, their season's over. They've, they've kind of stabilized things. I mean, they're going to be the sixth seed, it looks like, in the playoffs. Are, are they a challenge, or do you think that would be a, a pretty favorable matchup for the Sixers? Well, I said to somebody the other day, Joe, could you have imagined in October that we would be talking about a Sixers-Nets playoff series that has very little juice nationally? Like, this would have been the biggest deal in the NBA. It would have been Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and Ben Simmons against James Harden, Joel Embiid and the Sixers. And now it's uh, it's Spencer Dinwiddie and Mikhail Bridges, Cam Johnson. Oh, this is fun, but it should probably be over in five games or less. Uh, I, I think the Nets are tough. I think they're a long, switchable team on defense, and they're going to hound James Harden. They're going to hound Tyrese Maxey. They're going to switch everything. They're going to make life tough. But end of the day, you know, I just don't believe they have a guy or more than one guy that can get it done in the tough moments in second halves and fourth quarters when you really need to execute against a set defense in a slow-paced game, I just I don't think they have the horses. So, you know, I, I ultimately am going to pick the Sixers in relatively quick fashion. But, you know, Mikael Bridges has been awesome since going to Brooklyn. So what a storyline that would be if the guy that they drafted and then traded on a draft night ends up haunting them in a playoff series. It would be very fitting for the Sixers, I think. So, so basically you're saying you're not worried about the wars me attitude some of the Sixer, Sixer players are taking when they talk about this playoff series that's coming up. No, no, no. I mean, look, we if we're looking more toward round two, a matchup with Boston or conference finals, things like that, then that's where I get real concern. I think the Sixers are going to end up being pretty heavy underdogs, given that they're going to have to beat 
the two best teams in the conference and beat both of them on the road in order to go to the finals. I think there should be real concern there. Uh, if we're talking about losing to a team like the Brooklyn Nets or a team like the Miami Heat, who are really the only two contenders to be in that sixth spot, no, I, I mean, I don't know why you can keep the team together at that point. They should be beaten great for well, I agree, and they'll be big favorites to do it. Kyle, we always appreciate you hopping on. We'll be listening to the Clap Your Hands podcast with you and Elliot Skrbarks and reading over at Philly Voice. Thank you, Kyle. Thanks for having me on, Kyle. There he goes. Kyle Newbeck there on the sixth. So, 